Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host, Colton G. And today on the show, we are joined by singer, song, writer, NLN. Yes, NLN is just not a singer, song, writer. He is an 18-year-old rapper, producer, mixing engineer. He is a jack of many trades, and he joins us here today to take us behind his musical journey from beginning to write songs at the age of six to the moment in 2017, where he finally decided it's time to put my voice onto a track and time to release it out into the world. So we're going to dive behind what it was finally like to release one of his own songs after nearly a decade of waiting to finally do so. And of course, NLN also does some of his own production of his own beats. So we're going to dive behind that too. When did he begin to take on the production world there? We're going to dive into the decision to release a song a week, which he has been doing for almost two years now. So what have been some of the challenges of doing exactly that? He was recently featured on radio inside of his hometown. So what is it like to reach one of those big milestones as an artist? All of this and so much more as we dive into the music of NLN. And it is all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com, where you go to copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere that you go. Now that you know who the show is brought to you by, now that you know who our guest is, I think it's about time that NLN took you behind his journey. Let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello. How's it going today, NLN? Bless, bro. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. It's a bright, beautiful, sunny day here in BC, so I cannot complain. Yeah, in Ottawa here, it's nice too. Ooh, ooh, nice to hear that. Nice to hear that. Good vibes across the country. Of course. Nice, nice, loving it, loving it. We're connecting today to talk a little bit about your musical journey here, hey? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, bro. Awesome, awesome. You good to jump on in? Yeah, let's get it. Sick, sick. Well, of course, I want to lay a little bit of a foundation here for the listeners so they can understand you a bit better. So from what I can see, you begin songwriting at six years old, and you begin crafting your penmanship pretty early but it's around 2017 around the age of 14 when you decide that you really want to put your hand at this actually try recording with a little more consistency so what was it like to finally make that decision that it's like you know what i can't wait any longer but i mean like you said my earliest memories of like making music was like when i was six I remember, like, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I I was, like, nowhere near into hip-hop and stuff like that. Like, that wasn't even my my thing. Um, I was more into, like, pop music and anything that isn't hip-hop. So, like, even rock, stuff like that. Like, 
So I don't know. It's like, it was kind of weird. I remember like I had a little notebook where I would write like, you know, rhymes and, and singing and stuff like that. And I remember I had this rock song I wrote about my best friend at the time. Like I said, when I was six years old and it was just like just some random song about going to play outside with him and stuff like that. And I don't know why, but like, I've always been attached to like, you know, arts and stuff like that. And, and not only music, but like more so acting, dancing, you know, singing. Um, so I guess it was kind of just a part of me when I grew up. It's not really, it wasn't really a bug that I could, you know, get, get, um, get away from. And uh, yeah, man, I've just been in love with music ever since. Like uh, it wasn't, but like you said, it wasn't until 2017 that I really started to get into hip hop. My introduction to hip hop was um, Kendrick and uh, Chance. So, I mean, that's a good introduction. You know what I'm saying? If I'm, if I'm trying to do lyrical, you know, saying stuff like that. So um, yeah, man, I've just been at it ever since. And uh, now we're here today. Nice, nice. Definitely some very good uh, role models to follow if you're definitely going after that lyrical route for sure. So I know it's when you first jump into it, it's it's quite the process. So did you I know that you produce some of your own beats. So were you doing that from the beginning as well? Or when you first started, were you getting beats from other places? How are you sourcing the materials? How are you putting everything together at the beginning? Yeah, so the beats, the beats, I would get it from YouTube. I, my first my first time recording a song by myself was on my phone. Like it's this app called BandLab and I would just record on it. I'd send it to my friends, see how they would like it, stuff like that. I wouldn't, I wasn't taking it too serious, but I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but yeah, I'll just get it from YouTube. I didn't start producing until last year. So last year, the reason why I started producing wasn't really a reason in like particular. It was more so like, I'm not really trying to go chase after people for beats and, and look through beats and find the one that I like the most. I might, might as well just make my own. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it came about. Like, I just started making beats on my own. And at first they were garbage talking about trash, absolute trash. But you know what I mean? Once you, once you keep at it, then, then it becomes easy. And especially if you like it, like the bad times kind of seem, kind of seem like you're just doing good. Like I thought those beats were lit, but I knew that I knew at the end of the day that they weren't. So I had to keep, you know, keep at it. And I feel like my productions really improved from last year. You know, I feel like I've gotten really better. I feel like I've improved my sound and stuff like that. I'm starting to find it in production-wise, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm just really happy. Um, and I'm excited for what's to come in the future, you know, as far as, like, my production. It was only this year I really told myself, like, like nah, like, I'm trying to be good at producing. Like, at first it was just a thing where I will just put it on the side and be like, okay, feel me, like, I'm going to do it because I have no other option. But now it's more so like, okay, nah, like I really enjoy doing this and I feel like I can, I can be really good at it. So. Awesome. Awesome. Like you said, is um, rather than going through beats, you can sort of just, you know, the vibe you're trying to capture. So you can put that immediately into what you're doing and roll right into the lyrics or however your process works. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really easy that way. Like I don't have to run after anybody feel me i don't have to go look for producers on youtube on instagram i can just you know saying just walk down in my basement and do it myself which 
it's always been like that. Like I record myself too. Like this is just the studio right here. I have, you know what I'm saying? Speakers, microphone. I just record myself whenever I want. Like, I feel like it's very liberating. I don't need to, you know, outsource and go look for people. I can just do it myself. Awesome. Awesome. So did you learn a lot of these skills the same way you were finding beats through YouTube? Did you have somebody mentoring you through the recording and the producing stages? How did that work? Yeah, no, it was, it was trial and error for sure. Like at first it was kind of like, I'm going to try to do it myself, um, which I ended up doing. So I, I just went on YouTube and started looking up, you know, tutorials and stuff like that. And, um, it's a process for sure. I feel like now my music's the best that it's ever been. And, and I like that you can go back to my old songs in 2018, 2019, and you can see really the evolution of how I got better with my mixing and, you know, stuff like that. I feel like I've really improved in that department. Um, yeah. Awesome. No, you can definitely hear how your sound has grown. So before we get to where it's grown to now, I want to take a quick moment into diving into, you mentioned that you released a few songs or you had shared a few songs with your friends. What was the first song that you had actually released out into the world? And what was that feeling like? My first song. That my friends heard or that I that I dropped like on the internet. That you actually dropped on the internet that anybody could go and find. My first song that I've ever released. I don't think it's up. I recorded on my phone. It's called Fulja. It was just this, oh my gosh, it's this tr- terrible song. Mixing is all over the place. I didn't know how to mix. So like, I remember using BandLab and there was like a different audio app for auto-tune that literally sounded like a robot. And I just placed it in the BandLab thing. And I don't know, I tried to sync it. It didn't work, but that, I remember that was, that was the first song that I dropped. I was like, okay, I'm letting everybody know, like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to take serious. But yeah, it's garbage. Now I feel, I feel like I, I deleted it. Cause I was like, yeah, I know this is trash, but I try not to do that anymore. Cause like, Cause I feel like it's kind of whack. Like I feel like need, people need to see the process. You know what I mean? Like people need to see me grow and 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 you know, grow as a person, grow as an artist. And and I always like to see someone's come up of where they started in the beginning. So if I find a new artist, I want to go back to the first song they ever made. You know what I mean? Because that's just more motivating. You can see the the beginning to the end and and where they are now. So like you, you can definitely find on my YouTube like old songs from like 2018 or. I'm trying to sing. It's like R&B trash songs that just didn't work. But but I love that. I love I love that people can see the evolution and the growth. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Like you said, it's pretty inspiring to be able to see the building blocks that went into where somebody is now. And it's pretty incredible where it's like even in just that short amount of time where three, four years, it's you can see just that massive progression where the mixing's better, the production is better, and everything else. And it's just, it's a real testament to the work that you've put in. Yeah, man. Like, like you said, work, bro. Like, it definitely wasn't easy. I'm not going to sit around here and say that it was light. Like, nah, like, it was really difficult. And, and at times, it's like, it's even harder when, when, when you're first starting out, you start to see a little bit of support, but then it goes into drought and there's no support. And you're there by yourself in the basement, one, two, three, four, five a.m. And it's just working on your craft, you know, days on end. 
like it can seem very long and days start to seem like they repeat themselves. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like once you're connected to a higher purpose, then you know that it's just necessary work that you need to do in order to get where you want to be. Cause I'm trying to be at the top of the game. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing this to be like, like top 68, like, nah, I'm trying to be like in the top five, number one, you know what I mean? So I feel like once I have that competitive, you know, mindset and stuff like that, I know that it comes with work. So I just have to put it in at the end of the day, whether people support me or not, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to keep swinging the bat, right? They say that that's how you hit home runs is you have to take the swing. And you've definitely, you've been taking a lot of swings over the last two years here as you've sort of transitioned into releasing a song a week. So what was the decision to go into releasing a song a week? And what has that process been like to constantly be creating? Yeah, man. Um, I started releasing a song a week in 2019. Uh, I think it was like August or something. I don't remember. But um, the motivation came from um, obviously the one other person in the industry that released a song a week and it's on now. So Russ, um, I remember finding him like, I think late 2018. And I was just, I was just looking through his catalog. I just found his catalog on YouTube. It was some rap song. And I thought this guy was really good. And I started watching his interviews and stuff like that. And People were asking him how he blew up and he said he did this thing called Song a Week. He released a song every week until he blew up. And me being naive and not even thinking about any types of consequences, stuff like that, I was just like, nah, like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, if I want to blow up, I'm just going to release a song a week. Like, why isn't anybody doing this? It was weird. But then um, the more I started watching his interviews, really, you know, paying attention to him, studying what he says and what he does. Um, um I started to realize the benefits of dropping a song a week. And I was like, okay, then I'm definitely doing this. Like to me, there's no downsides to dropping a song a week. Like you're always consistent. You know what I mean? You're always in people's faces. You have more chances of blowing up. And like people tend to say like, there's so many people that told me like, oh no, like you're oversaturating, you know, I'm saying the market and stuff like that. That's so whack to me. Like, cause nobody knows who you are. You know what I mean? One week on the internet is like a month. So it's like, if I, if I keep dropping consistently, say, say I were to drop a song, I don't know, today, and I want to post any time next week and not drop a song. The next week people for like, they didn't forget about the last song. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like it, time goes by, you know, really quick on the internet. So I'm not trying to waste any time. I knew that if I dropped a song a week, I'd be different from everybody else because nobody's dropping a song a week. And I'd just be in your face with good music all the time, you know, staying consistent with that, with that, you know, style of dropping. Um, over time, it became easier. Like I can keep up with it more now. And um, it, it, it helped, it helped my, you know, my work ethic, it made it more quick, you know? So now I can make songs in like three, four hours and, 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 and just drop it today if I wanted to, you know, like that's the freedom of independence. And um, yeah, man, like I don't, I don't have a problem with dropping a song a week. Um, obviously, like I'm not going to do it forever, but this is definitely, I feel like what's necessary to really, you know, pop. And, and, and the results have been showing, thank God, you know what I'm saying? This year, last year, <laughs> last year, there was no type of, oh my gosh. All right, let me tell you about last year. Last year, 
support wasn't really wasn't really there. You feel me? Like it was kind of like it was definitely my hardest year. You know, I had to deal with a lot of stuff, you know, with, um, you know, personal issues and and people doubting me as far as like my craft and my career and, and stuff like that. So. People were straight telling me not to do the song a week thing and and I just kept going and people were saying it wouldn't it wasn't going to work. But, you know, it was because of my consistency of the song a week that I was able to get on radio this year. It was because of that that I got people to react to my songs this year. And that didn't happen any other years that I did music. You know, I feel like it's really off the strength of my of my consistency. And the more I'm consistent, the better I get. So, yeah, I don't really see any downsides to it. And it's like I'm not stopping anytime soon, basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as you say, there's people who are afraid of it oversaturating the market as well. But if you go through and listen to the songs, you're not just releasing only hip hop. You're going into the other styles of music that helped to form you. There's pop in there. There's R&B. There's various different flavors. So it's not like you're just giving one flavor of ice cream the whole time. It's, you're the ice cream shop, baby. You've got all sorts of different things. You want the waffle cone or you want a bowl, right? Like, Yeah, man. Um, I feel like that just came with me growing up, as I said, like I'd always listen to pop music and I was never really into hip hop. So that's kind of my roots is like, I really enjoy singing and, and melodies. Like that's something that I really like to do. It was only four years ago where I really fell in love with hip hop and not only hip hop as, as, as a whole without any substance, but really lyricism and, and actually being a poet and, and writing raps that, that, you know, will make people press replay. You know what I mean? Like stuff that goes over your head. Like that's really what I fell in, what I really fell in love with, you know? And yeah, man, it, it, it's definitely been a, a journey to get to this point. Um, uh, and also with the song a week thing too, it's like, if you really, if you really think about it, like a catalog is what's really necessary in music, you know, that's what creates longevity, you know, and, and I'm trying to be here for a very long time. So I'm not just going to, you know, drop once every blue moon and only have 10 or two songs when people find my music. If what, when one of my songs really blows and goes in the mainstream and breaks mainstream, you're just going to go back to my hundred songs and you're going to find at least five or 10 songs that you enjoy. So that just creates a core fan base and people that rock with me the long way, you know, and it's already starting to show, like I got some real ones, you feel me, that, that are here by my side and, and that are supporting me through thick and thin and that found me this year, you know? And I feel like that's just off the strength of my consistency. And also when they find me, they find a hundred songs. So it's like, how can you not become a hardcore fan? Absolutely. There's got to be at least a few tracks that you like, like you said. And of course, you also mentioned the fact that this year you got to be featured on radio, which for a lot of musicians isn't something that happens. And it's quite a milestone. So to be able to hear your voice on the airwaves, what was that moment like? Oh, man, it was it was different, bro. It was different. It was different. It's because for so long, there was no results. You know what I mean? Like, there was there was nothing. There was nothing there. I was putting in work, but there was nothing coming out on the other end. So it was just like to finally see that happen, especially on a radio station that I grew up listening to. And now I'm going on that radio stations, you know, I'm going on the radio station and hearing my song. You know what I mean? Like it was surreal, bro, honestly. And 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was surreal. It was, it was really a blessing for the simple fact that I've been putting in work for so long and, and no results. And sometimes you feel like, you know what I mean? That you're alone and, and that, you know, there's, there's dark times, but like, you know, breakdowns create breakthroughs, you know what I mean? And, and that's the motto that I live by. That's the motto that me and my boys say I live by is that every time there's a breakdown, there's always going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it takes some time, but yeah, man, I don't know, bro. That was, that was just late. That was, that was that was a good moment. I'm ex- I, I'm so happy that happened this year, and and that really like kick jump started the whole year because I got placed on radio in January, you know. And now I've been moving off that same momentum, and stuff is really starting to move now. I'm starting to build my fan base and stuff like that, which last year wasn't there, obviously. So yeah, man, it, it's blessed. It's blessed. I can't. Mm-hmm. It's we always have the dream that it's like, oh, when I start making this, I'm going to hit. And it was like and sometimes it can take some time. But once you finally start to see it grow, it's like, oh, man, the entire like the entire time was worth it. It's totally worth it. Yeah, man, it, it's, it's it pays off like hard work pays off. And as cliche as that sounds, it's literally so true. Like, like, I just don't want I just want people to see me as like. You know, it's an example of someone who didn't stop, who didn't quit, no matter, you know, the circumstances, like, like the worst of the worst circumstances, you know, that, that you can really make it out and that, you know, that, that you shouldn't stop no matter what, like, you just have to, it's a mental thing, bro. Like you really have to have a a strong mentality to do this. And some people aren't, you know, cut for it, but, um, I know I am. So, Mm -hmm. Well, it's a uh, it's a music business, and a lot of people get scared off by the business part of that, the industry. For a fact, I, I was I was scared, bro. Like I was scared. Like I learned the music business out of fear, because it's like I knew that I, nah, you're not gonna get me. Like you know what I mean? There's so many artists and stuff like that that get finessed out of their socks, and and and, and you know what I mean? Like yeah that don't read their contracts, that don't even know what a 360 is, a, a standard record deal, a profit split. They, they don't know anything. So it's like, I would watch these interviews and, and last year and all of the years before it was really dedicated to research and, and actually looking up certain things in the industry, certain deals that people offer, certain entities and you know major labels, stuff like that. Like, I just feel like that was necessary for me because I knew that I was really gonna go to the next level and I didn't want to come unprepared. So yeah, last year and stuff like that last year and all the years before was really dedicated to really learning the business aspect and, you know, everything as far as like monetary gain and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that was really important. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And it's a lot of people don't take those steps. As you say, as some people get offered a deal and it's a 360 deal and you don't even realize that it's like, Oh, they're offering me this big amount of money, but it's like, you have to pay back every, single dime of that money because it's a front it's not actually them paying you for a fact not like you need to realize like people need to realize that like record deals they may seem nice because they offer you a million dollars but you need to realize that million is not really a million like really need to think about it like once you pay everybody off and then you have to it's recoupable so you have to pay it back you know what i mean and some people don't understand that but as far as 360s bro how can we even get caught in something like Signing a 360 basically means that everything you do is you're not getting paid for it. The label owns everything. That means merch. That means touring. 
That means music. That means literally every every source of income involving music. You don't own the, the label owns it. You know, even sponsorships, brand deals, like they all have a cut in that. Which, man, nah, <laughs> nah, you couldn't catch me in that. I was so sorry. Like stuff like that. Like I remember the first time I heard about a three sixty deal was um, everyday struggle interview with Yadi and uh, Joe Budden, and. And Joe Budden asked Yadi, are you in the 360? And Yadi said, I don't know. And, and it was like this dreaded 360 deal. Like everybody's so scared of it. And, and I was just like, what is that? Like people's reaction made me scared. So I was like, what is that? So I was like, nah, I have to learn everything and everything about the music business on the outside as I possibly can. So when I get in the inside, I already have a head start. Yes, absolutely. It's very, very wise to make sure that you are making sure that things are best for you because not everybody is going to be looking out for you themselves, even though they might be saying they are. Yeah, nah, for sure. Yeah, I can't, I can't get caught like that. I'm very glad that you understand that and that you're making sure that you aren't not going to be somebody who gets fished like that with your music. So let's dive into some of the music here. So... We're recording this Saturday morning, 11 a.m. for you, 8 a.m. for me. So yesterday, you just dropped a track called Kinda Nice. So take us behind this track, the process of creating it, what it means to you. Yeah, man. Um, for a while, uh, ever since I dropped this song called I'm So Chess, um, it was really like a statement as far as like my, my rapping. I feel like now I feel like I'm at a point where I can really do it because there was a point in time where I couldn't and I could sing, but I couldn't rock. So I felt like it was really necessary for me to take the time to really work on my pen and work on my delivery and my mixing of rapping vocals and stuff like that. And I feel like I'm so chess was that one song where I was like, okay, nah, he can really do this. You know what I mean? So ever since I'm so chess dropped, I kind of not put the raps on the back burner, but kind of focus more on my melodies and stuff like that. Cause I knew that I had I'm so chess and I'm so chess was doing well. So I was like, okay, let me drop some melodies so people don't think that I only do this. You know what I mean? Like I kind of, you know, need to broaden my my options. Um, for it kind of nice, there was a point where I had dropped a lot of melodic songs and um, there are songs where I am rapping, but it's within melody. So kind of nice was just like, yeah, let me just give people a little light of life update. And uh, yeah, it, it's just songs that I really like to do, like songs like kind of nice and I'm so chess, like, just put on a beat and for two minutes straight, just rap. No, no melodies, no hooks, no nothing. Like that's, that's really rap that I fell in love with in the beginning when I was listening to Chance and Kendrick and stuff like that. And although they're very melodic, they have a lot of moments where it's just lyricism and, and just, just straight up just bars. So that's what I fell in love with. That's what I love doing. Um, so kind of nice is just that, you know, I produced the beat, uh, mixed, mastered, engineered, you know what I'm saying? Everything. So, um, yeah, and, and people are enjoying it. You know, my, my fan base is starting to enjoy it, my real ones, sorry. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about the record. Nice, nice, awesome. It's got a good vibe too. And you mentioned I'm So Chess, and you say that that's a moment that really turned things on for you. So what exactly was it about I'm So Chess? And when did you realize that it's like, okay, we're turning it on now? Oh, man. I'm so chess was was really a statement um as far as like my rapping 
and my lyrical ability. I feel like for a long time I was overlooked as far as that, you know, people weren't really paying attention to my bars. And, you know, as a rapper, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people have chip on their shoulder and want to prove people wrong. So that was basically what it was. The story for I'm So Chessy was last year um, when nothing was happening, like no interviews, no radio, no, no reactions, when none of that was happening. And I was getting like two streams, like literally like five streams. Um, it was, it was December going into 2021. And I just felt this random triumphant moment. Like I was just sitting here in my basement. I was just sitting here and I, and I just felt it in my chest. Like, Oh no, I need to make a song right now. Cause I just felt like this year was going to be triumphant. And I remember I called my, called my boy Zay and I told him like, yo, like, yo, I feel really like, I feel like next year is going to be like a good year. Like, I feel like stuff is really going to start to move and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it's just, you know, he, he didn't see it at first. He's like, oh, maybe it's just, you know what I mean? Because you're going into the next year. You think that stuff is going to pop. But I'm like, nah, like, I feel it in my core. Um, so then I just recorded that song. And I feel like people, people like it because it starts from like a slow song and then there's a beat switch. You know what I mean? Um, and also like my energy on the song as well. So I feel like that really attracted people's eyes and ears. Um, yeah. And especially that reaction, shout out Five Filla, they really helped me out with that. Uh, they reacted to it and they're a reaction channel that really focuses on lyricism and bars. So the fact that they were breaking it down, it made it easier for the average listener to really understand what I was saying. So, so I got to give credit to Vibe Filla. Shout out Vibe Filla. Nice. Nice. And of course, they have over 10,000 subscribers to their channel too. So I'm sure that didn't help with uh, helping to boost things as well. Yeah, a little 100,000, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, a decent number, a decent number for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. So with you said that you really thought that 2021 was going to be a step up for you. So far, it's proved to be that way. So with the rest of the year, there's still eight months to go here. So what's the plans for the rest of 2021 for NLN? Man. triumphant i'm not done with that word it's still it's still 2021 so yeah it's it's gonna be different and i know that perception is gonna start to change a lot people are just gonna start to realize um that i'm really serious about my craft and that um uh i'm i'm really up there as far as like like lyrical ability and not only that but like my songwriting and my performance, my, my, my voice and, and just my craft in general, I feel like people are going to start to take me more serious now, which they are starting to doing, um, starting to do. Yeah, man, I feel like end of the summer, it's going to look really different. You know what I mean? As far as like perception, people are going to start to realize that I'm not just a kid from high school that just decided to do this for fun. Like, nah, I've been working at this for four years and I outworked everybody that was around me and I'm really here for the long run. Yeah. So I feel like the perception is going to change this year. And um, yeah, I feel like stuff is really going to start to go my way. Like it's already starting to do. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Continuing that uh, exponential growth. Of course, bro. That's, that's really what it comes down to, bro. Like, like, you just have to keep moving. You have to keep being in motion. Like some days it may seem like nothing's happening, but if you work at it every day, like for example, for me, right. 
Like I made it a point that since 2019, I forget which date, every day since that specific date in 2019, I've been working towards my goal, which, which means it doesn't really have to be anything crazy, like making a song or every day or something like that, but posting a story, you know, interacting with, with real ones, my supporters and stuff like that. Like, I feel like it's just really necessary. It, it, it builds momentum and, and you're just, you're just poking at the universe. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like I generally do believe that if you have enough momentum and you really work at something, that something's going to come up on the other side. That's really the model that I've been living by. And, and I feel like it's really starting, it's really starting to work now. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, there's so many times where, where it was just so silent, so quiet, even people around me, stuff like that. Like, we're supporting, we're just watching, you know what I mean? There's a lot of times where people just watch you from a distance just to see if it would happen. But I feel like this year, it's just been so different. Like, like when I, when I got placed on radio, like I remember that same weekend, like 50 different people hit me up saying, Oh, congratulations and stuff like that. And like, that was so foreign to me. Like I'm, I'm not used to like, People need to realize that I'm not used to the love. I'm used to strictly hate. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm used to. Like, I'm not used to people saying, yo, I rock with your stuff and stuff like that. Like, I'm not used to that. You know what I mean? So to get people that actually hit me up and stuff like that, like, at first it was a bit overwhelming. But now as I'm, as I'm going down in my, in my path, I feel like I'm starting to get used to it. And I'm really starting to build that core fan base, which is something that I really enjoy. And um Real ones, if you're watching this, I appreciate y'all as always. I know I always say it, feel me. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're, this year is really a year where we're really going to start going up. Like, I really do feel that in my core. Nice, nice. And to the real ones of NLN, if you're watching, thanks you for uh, tuning in to this interview. I've had a blast speaking with you today, NLN. I have one last question. Are you ready for it? Hell yeah. All right, so we've dove into the musical progression, and we've talked a little bit about yourself during that time, too, but I want to know a little bit more. So over these past four years, and specifically the last two years of really turning things on, really grinding, really going for it, how has this process of growing as an artist, building yourself, releasing yourself out into the world, how has it helped you grow as a person? Or what has it helped you learn about yourself? It definitely gave me mental fortitude. I feel like I've always been a confident person, but when you have to put yourself out there every day for people to see, um, whether you look good or not, like, like that's not really something that you really need to take into account. People really gravitate towards relatability. And I feel like the fact that I present myself every day to the people that I, that rock with me, you know, I feel like, um, it builds some mental fortitude at the end of the day, because with hate comes with love comes hate. And this year was definitely a year where I got in a lot of hate. I've always gotten hate all the time, but like, um, it's something that I, it's something that I just became used to, but it definitely takes some breaking down in order to build yourself even stronger. Um, yeah, man, as far as like the journey, what it taught me, it taught me, it taught me the journey taught me that you don't have control over when something happened. I feel like a lot of times I thought like 2020, I thought it was the year where I was going to blow up and obviously it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, there's so many times where I thought that 
it was really about to pop off and it didn't. And it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm, I'm glad it didn't because, you know, it just motivated me to go even harder. And I know that everything happens for a reason. I might not know the reason now, but I'll definitely know it like a bit later. Like, for example, um, top of this year, January, before I got my radio placement, I had dropped a song top of this year, uh, first week of January called Disappointed. And it had done nothing for me. Like, I think in a week's time or two weeks time, it got like maybe, what, nine streams, something like that. So it, it hadn't really done anything. Um, and then my laptop broke. My laptop completely broke on the inside, so I couldn't fix it. And then I had to deal with school and, and you know what I mean? Like, it was just a whole lot of stress. And it, it was it was something that I couldn't really plan for. And I thought in that moment, like I didn't know what was going to even happen in the next month, how I was even going to get out of the situation. Um, but it was it was through my laptop breaking that it that I started like submitting to blogs and submitting to radio and, and stuff like that. Like I wouldn't have submitted to radio as quick as I did if it hadn't been for my laptop breaking. Like like if my laptop didn't break, I don't think I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten on radio. So. It's, it's those certain moments and stuff like that where I realized that, man, you don't have control over anything. And a lot of times, a lot like stuff happens for a reason. You just have to go with the motion, go with the flow and and um, just put throw it up in the air. You know what I'm saying? Put in all the types of work that you can, like put all the motive, like be motivated. You know what I'm saying? Put in work, put your face out there and, and um, you know, like it's, it's going to work out, you know. Whether you 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 might not know when it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen at the end of the day if you know that you've been putting in that much that much work. So, absolutely, absolutely. It's sometimes bad things can happen. You can't control them, but you just got to do your best to make sure that things keep moving to find a positive in the bad moments. Which it definitely sounds like you definitely did. NLN, and I want to thank you so much for joining me here today on the Desert Tiger Podcast. Got you, bro. Got you. Oh, Am, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation here with NLN on this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. And you have already heard that NLN has a ton of songs waiting for you right now on your favorite music streaming service. And when you're there checking out those tunes, you might as well hit follow as well because you know that NLN is bringing you amazing music every single week and you don't want to miss out on it. And with that, it's now time to thank NLN for joining us here on today's episode of the show. And I need to thank Zay for setting this conversation up for reaching on out to me at deserttiger.podcast at gmail.com and you can do that too i also need to go ahead and thank german from your podcast editor.com for making everything sound so good and i need to thank you the am for tuning on into this episode of the show if you've yet to join up with the ambush, what are you doing? It's as easy as hitting the subscribe button on your favorite podcast listening app or service, the one you're using right now. And you can also 
help the show grow by sharing this episode on your social media with your friends, with your family. You can also give the DTP a big old five-star review. And you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com to cop yourself something to represent and support the show everywhere that you go. And now with that, it's about time that we say our bye-byes. But not before I say this. Go out and find your mountaintop, your oasis. The thing that makes your heart want to jump up, makes you want to jump up out of your seat. And to release that roar out into the world and let them know just how powerful, how wondrous, how beautiful. You and your roar are because you are all three of these things and so much more. And until next time on the DTP, bye bye, Am. The Desert Tiger Podcast.